Hey, YouTubers and friends, how are you all doing tonight? It's good to be back. Oh, man. I uh, We have a full house tonight with Timothy Draper of America, uh, Treasures in America, and an author of a book. He has a great series going on. Uh, Gypsy, uh, our friend Zero Discrimination's been really plugging it. Um, I've been enjoying it. It's a great little uh, show they have going on, a series. It's Unchartered Expeditions over on their channel. Uh, so I'm not going to be here much longer because we're gonna get into the show right now. Hey, YouTubers and friends, thanks for joining us for another episode of Tuesday Night Hangout Live with Toledo Jess, Gano, and I. Oh yeah, Super Chat. Gargani, I didn't wanna do a Super Chat. Uh, the more, Your the mic's more hot, Jesse. Oh. <laughs> We're live. We're live. We're live. Is that, are you talking about right. magic mic? We're live. We're You're live. talking about magic mic? We're live. I, I'm not doing that. Instead, <laughs> <laughs> you, you said I could probably talk you into it, but, you know, talk to you, right? <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Okay. <laughs> well, see. Can... Go ahead and introduce our guest tonight, Ed. Well, we have Timothy Draper. Wave to everyone, Tim. We have the world famous Mark Hoover. Uh, those in the detecting realm. We have Sean. Oh, I don't even want to pronounce your last name, Sean. Yeah, that's how I keep telemarketers away. <laughs> uh, we have Todd down at the bottom, and we have Cooch, or Tooch, um, over there in the right corner. I believe Jesse and Dano are going to hide their views, um, and the floor will be a lot for them. I'm gonna, I'm going to try it. Fortingham? Fotheringham. Fotheringham. Oh, okay. duh. I should have looked at it and been able to read it, huh? <laughs> Fotheringham? It's one yeah, of those kind of names that you, you got to get like your dictionary and thesaurus out to sit there and uh, pronounce that one. <laughs> well, dude, well, you don't see my, my name on there. My name is spelled M E N D E Z, my last name. And there are so many variations from Mendez to Rodriguez. So <laughs> you figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, hey we just work? want to. Yeah. Did mine work? Was that? Oh, yeah. was that? Yeah. There we go. Now yeah. we got huge. So it's Thanks. been what, a few years since you've been on, since you and your crew's been on here? Yeah, yeah it's been a minute. Little thanks little for having us back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We'd like to have you back more often, really. I mean, there's nice when we got nobody to come on. So, <laughs> you know, anytime, anytime. But uh, yeah, last time we were, we talked to you, 
I think you were heading down south or something. Yeah, what were we doing? Now I'm trying to remember. Oh, that might have been when we were heading down to Arizona. Superstition might have been. Maybe even further south, I believe. But it was a secret or something. You didn't want to talk about it because you didn't know if it was going to happen. So I don't even know what you were talking about back then. Everything's so, a secret, so yeah, like, I know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> still, yeah, at, at least until after, at least until after you're done with what you're doing, then you can get out of there and let everybody else come in and pick. <laughs> well, that's what we're going to down to Vegas. Yeah, now that sounds like a good idea. But you know, I like I've been like I was telling you earlier, I've been you know kind of watching what's going on with you guys a little bit, you know, so. I was excited to hear your show and get ready to start. Why don't you talk to us about that? First, first of all, before we even go there, tell everybody who you guys are. Introduce yourselves, introduce your crew, or let them introduce themselves, and then we'll take it from there. How's that? That sounds good. So I'm Timothy Draper. A lot of friends, you know, people that know me just call me Tim, and that's fine. Um, I've been treasure hunting for over 25 years now. Um and uh, we created a team with a lot of my buddies, and I'll go ahead and let Sean go, and then Todd, and then Chooch, and then Mark. Why don't you guys just kind of take turns real quick? So I'm Sean. I'm the, uh, I am in charge of safety and climbing. Um, Antonio is also my climbing partner, so if I need an extra hand uh, getting into a, a tough area, um, you know, we, uh, we tag him in there as well to, to help out. Uh, I'm Todd Anderson. Uh, I do a lot of gold mining, treasure hunting, been doing it for a while, so I I bring that to the team. Yep, I saw you panning in the creek, Todd, and uh, I remember Sean saying, no, this, this mine's not safe. <laughs> yep. Yep. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, so first of all, Happy New Year's. To everyone out there, happy it's New Year! Be here. Thanks for having us on the show. You're welcome. I'm Mark Hoover. I'm out of Florida. Um, I actually traveled to St. George, Utah, for six years for work, and then had an opportunity to meet with Todd first, and then Todd introduced me to Tim, and then I got to know the rest of the crew and really wanted to be a part of it. And Tim uh, gave me the opportunity to do that. I've been metal detecting now for about ten or eleven years had the opportunity to travel all over, went up to Alaska this summer for about two, a week to 10 days. Nice. Took the new Garrett Axiom metal detector up there and did some prospecting for gold nuggets. And were you up there with Rini and KG? I was, they were actually up there with me. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's, get it, let's get it right now. Yeah, let's get it right. So uh, Tim needed uh, an old guy on the show, so that was my role. But uh, no, it's been an absolute blast, and so that's who I am. Chooch, go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm Chooch. I'm the camera guy. Um, Tim and these guys just gathered me up one day and says, hey, let's go make a show. So I jumped right in head first and make these guys look good. Now, who does the editing? That is my daughter, Jada Johnson. She's my oldest daughter, so she's been doing all the editing. Okay, cool, cool. Tell her good job, good job. I will. 
She likes the hair. So, Antonio isn't with us right now, but he uh, he is our interpreter for South America, and he's also uh, specializes in uh, dirt work. Um, he we actually all got to know each other through our day jobs. Um, Tim used to uh, Tim used to work for me at one point. Um, Antonio is uh, my landscaper, so he's got a lot of experience with uh, heavy equipment and whatnot. And, and his, uh, you know, Spanish-speaking skills come in really handy when we get into those areas. And Mark is kind of downplaying his role a little bit. He's uh, he also brings a diving element to the team, which we're really excited uh, because there really isn't any area that we can't get to. So, yeah, we we really wanted to put together, you know, somebody that is got unique skills and in, in different little aspects of, of what we do and so you know it uh it's nice to have to pool everybody's resources whenever we uh whenever we go somewhere yeah, yeah that was one of the, yeah that was one of the things that i like when i first started following you tim was uh how you gathered people from uh different different uh, occupations and stuff to help you with what you were wanting to do, you know, because we can't all do it all. Yeah. Right? No, we that's try. A good... we try. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's you said it really well. You know, I like I said, I've been treasure hunting for a long time. A lot of my mentors that taught me, um, they they kind of went off of what I call the old-fashioned way of thinking. A lot of them trained me or taught me uh to keep a closed mouth. Don't tell right. people what you're doing. Do not right. bring other people along with you. You know, this is something you have to keep secret. But in modern days today, you know, it didn't take it. Well, okay, I'll take that back. It took me about 10 years to say, you old guys are missing out on a team. And so I brought in, you know, I got Sean involved and then I got Todd involved. And it's just one person after another. And every time we brought in a new guy, not only were we, discovering that we were creating like these really cool friendships and we can share a common interest together. Right. Um, we started realizing that our team was getting stronger and stronger every time we brought on someone new with a new talent. And so I would say it's nothing but success. I understand the method of keep your mouth quiet. Do not tell everybody. And you can ask my guys, Sometimes they don't even know what we're doing half the time because I'm so secretive of what I do, but that doesn't mean you can't work along with other people. It's really kind of almost impossible to keep a real secret. I mean, especially with the internet and everything you can, I mean, you show somebody a photo or give them a copy of your photo or online and they can figure out exactly where you're at just by the information on the photo itself. Yeah, you know, so it's really hard to keep secrets like that. But yeah, yeah you gotta if you can get a group of guys around you that you can trust and are all thinking the same way, man, that's an awesome team. You know, yeah. who, who wouldn't want to have that in anything they did? That's true. You know, I could I think I can speak for the whole team, even when we come back empty-handed, we're coming back with memories, we're coming back with with that uh uh team you know, effort that we put into it. And and I never feel like that we come home empty handed. I feel like that is nothing, but sometimes I wonder if, if this should even be called a job because I'm just out there hanging out with my buddies doing what I enjoy doing. Right. Right. So, and, and, uh, go ahead. 
I was going to say, you have to look at it like an adventure. You don't know what you're going what you're going to find or what you're not going to find, but you're going out with a group of like-minded folks that have a have a single goal in mind, uh, and we all want to pursue the treasure, but we all enjoy the adventure with each other as well. So, you know, a lot of it doesn't even get on camera, but we have a great time. It's a lot of fun. Oh, sure. Well, and yeah. just like you guys, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, when we get together, it's a lot of fun and it, it is truly an adventure every time. And some of it gets on film, some of it doesn't, but it's a great time every time we get together. Yeah, it is definitely long overdue. Um, we, uh, we should have been putting a lot of this stuff up on YouTube uh, a long time ago. Um, you know, Mark, uh, Mark is a little new to the, to the team and Chooch is, is new too. So they get to hear, uh, they get to hear all the uh, the battle stories and all the shenanigans and some of the stuff we can't show on TV just because it uh, yeah it would definitely implement us in trouble. <laughs> Come looking, we got warrants. No, <laughs> you don't yeah, believe. Yeah, the, you, we've got some stories that you would uh, you would not believe. Um, you know, it's uh, one of those things that you can't make that crap up if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. you know, we Sean, have a few of those ourselves. You know, but yeah. Yeah. To add so, to that, Sean, I wanted to say that Jada, when she's the one that edits and uploads our videos in the raw footage, and then I go back to YouTube and I, you know, put the description, the name and all that stuff in, and she's telling me that already from what we've shown the public, that YouTube is already putting up a caution on us saying they see that we're using guns. You know, there, there's the S word here and there and stuff like that. And I told her, I asked her a couple times, I go, Hey, why didn't you put that scene in there? You know, uh, there was a scene where I'm shooting off the gun and Sean's tying his rope and he jumps. I'm like, why didn't you put that in? That was kind of funny. And she goes, YouTube wouldn't let me. So there is a lot of stuff that we can't show because of the platform that we're, you know, airing. Right. On. right. So, so, uh, is, is YouTube the only place that you're going to be doing, the only platform you're going to be uh, doing your videos on? No. Um, sorry, Todd, were you? I'm going to get back to you because I think you've been trying to say something. Um, but to answer your question, as of right now, it's only YouTube. And we decided that, you know, we can, we have plans to put it on Amazon Prime, Vudu, Roku, all that kind of stuff. And that is, uh, that is still in the works. But we decided that the, the treasure hunting community is our community. If we can't show you guys this for free, then what's the point of showing other people that don't even do this for a living, right? So we want to keep it up on YouTube for now the way that it is. Let the treasure hunting community watch it. Give us some feedback and help us out with the support in that way. And what I mean by support is um, just like Garrett Metal Detectors and Maglite Flashlights. Those are our two biggest sponsors. And um, by doing this, a lot of we're hoping that by putting it on YouTube, a lot of you guys will see what we're doing. And hopefully right. when you're at a Garrett event, hopefully you go up to Garrett and say, hey, Garrett, we appreciate that you sponsor these guys. You know, we enjoyed the show. That's that's what we want to uh, influence at this point right it's just it's just a shame that uh youtube is so restrictive on what you can put on there what you can Say show what you can and show and yeah i mean that, that's a shame it's, uh, it's probably a good thing <laughs> <laughs> it keeps us uh it keeps yeah, us uh, user friendly out. let's say that 
Yeah, but you lose out on some really good jokes. Yeah, that's no, true. true. You know. And you know what? We're probably going to always run into that. I mean, I've looked at it this way. Jada's always bringing up points to me and, you know, me and her are always looking at the, uh, as we're editing things. And if we put it up as rated R, let's say if we kept some little things in there, we put it as rated R, we might lose some of the viewers in that case. So we've got to keep that in mind too. Right. You're you know? definitely going to lose. You're probably, you're probably going to lose a majority of, young people go go in your set parents that were letting their kids watch your stuff all of a sudden going no we'll watch something else tonight what or might help else. tim or timothy whichever you prefer uh in your settings when you upload or go back make sure it's not made for children as click not intended yeah. for children and then don't restrict people under 18. Okay. And yeah, they'll be a little more lenient. Uh, I, but you can, you can, you can leave a comment in there. So I think she might, your daughter might have it set that way already. Because okay. right now, if you make it for kids, <laughs> Yeah, it wouldn't be a big trouble. Comment. Yeah. Well, yeah, we don't we don't want to confuse anybody here. I mean, at the same time, we wanna we want kids, uh, you know, teens to watch it, you know, with their right. families. No, I we want to inspire them to have their own adventures with their families. Yeah. So, you know, maybe we're kind of on that edge sometimes, but at the same time, we don't want to go so far that we drive families away because we really right. do want to have those families to be a part of this. Right. Yeah. The, the only problem is, like I said a minute ago, like with YouTube, they, they're so, they're so strict on what they will and won't. Uh, let me, let me rephrase that because I'm, that's not really true. They are depending on your content and who you are, they, they will deal with you that way. You know, if you're just a treasure hunter and you're, you know, you're not doing nothing, definitely no guns. They don't like to see. Although Jeff Williams has his guns out all the time and he's shooting them off and stuff, you know, I think it's it, it has to do with your content more because you there are people out there in videos that are about guns. So I think it's just the way that you that you may present them because I, I watch some people that will do news any kind of news commentary, you can't show guns. They'll, they'll, they'll cut you right out. They'll, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> that just depends on your content. I think yeah. uh, I, I, I don't, what was the other thing that I, oh yeah, you can't be like nonchalant about it. You can't be making fun of, of guns and people getting shot like that. They don't like that at all. Or being yeah, reckless. Or yeah, being reckless, right? Yeah, yeah nobody wants Those to be are, reckless either. Yeah. We don't want to portray, you know, we don't right. want to portray well, that. Yeah. You don't want to, uh, yeah, you don't want to do that anyways, for sure. Right. You don't want to do that anyway. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so so it will end up coming up on Amazon Prime and other platforms. But now we, for now, we want to keep it to the treasure hunting community. We want your guys' opinion. Right. We want you guys to be able to see it first instead of charging you money in a monthly subscription or having to pay per episode right now. So that that's what we're doing. Episode right. or season two, three. 
Uh, if we go down that road, that that might be a different story. But this one is for everybody to watch. You already signed up for season two and three, huh? Well, that is classified. I can tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. <laughs> Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> well, hey, I, I I know the guy that puts the show on, so. Huh. <laughs> and he's self-promotion. <laughs> 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 so tell us about your show then since we've been here kind of yammering about tell us what you want to want everybody to know about what your show is going to be about let's uh Todd, you want to answer that no start that? <laughs> <laughs> okay so i'll go ahead and go and then you guys can jump in when you want just just like raise your hand or interrupt me whatever you want to do but so Here's the thing. Here's our background. Me and Sean started this idea about filming what we are doing years ago. Um, for a while, everybody wanted to be on TV. I don't. A lot of you guys have seen these TV shows, The Curse of Oak Island, and all these right. other you know TV right. shows. For a while, Ash Sean, my phone was blowing up for probably about a year to maybe three years, somewhere in between there. I mean, it was sometimes almost every month, another producer reached out to us, hey, let's do a teaser. Let's try to sell it to the network. That type of way of thinking um, does kind of get you hooked. But here's another thing that a lot of people don't understand. When me and Sean back then said, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, let's do this teaser trailer with you. Let's see if History Channel or Discovery Channel will buy it. They locked us in contracts. There was one time I was locked in a contract for one full year, and we never made an episode. We didn't do anything. And other, I had to turn down other producers. So that way of life seemed kind of cool at the time. But then right. a lot of us started learning that. Um, being on a network, it's not all that of what people might think it is. Um, we've had our fair share of working with the networks and being on TV and doing things. And we lost our creative uh, work. No longer was the plot or the outline or the storyline ours. Um, they sometimes, and I won't say who, I won't get into names, but sometimes they fabricate things out of the blue to make it more entertaining. Me and Sean... At on TV? Yeah. No. <laughs> exactly. So me and Sean uh, got together and started to come up with the idea of maybe we should start filming. And then Todd got involved. Mark got involved. And shoot, you know, again, the team just started blowing up after that. And now we're in control. And I'll let one of my other guys go from there. But we're in control of the content now. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things that uh, you, you know, we... We did the uh, we did the pilot episode. It really didn't get picked up, and and uh, and it kind of left. Uh, I mean, it was a fun experience. Don't get me wrong, but uh, like Tim had said, you lose that creative control. Um, you know, certain things uh, they are a little scripted, and it just didn't quite didn't quite sit right. So you know. And a lot of times what happens too is these uh, these networks, these producers, they'll reach out to you. They'll, you know, they'll ask for ideas and they actually took some of our, our ideas and, and ran with them without, uh, you know, with and kept basically cut us out. So we figured, you know, these guys, if they're if we're going to do this, let's do it right. Let's do it our way. Um, you know, let's uh, let's show people real stuff. So that way it doesn't. Uh, doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel fake. Um, you know, we, we wanted 
it, our credibility is on the line here. So we wanted to make sure that it was authentic. And, and Mark, you know, brings up a great point that we, we want to appeal to all audiences. We want families to get out there. Um, one of the, uh, you know, I, I never did, uh, climbing or caving or, or anything like that until I was uh, inspired by uh, by our team, by what uh, Tim was going out there doing. And so I actually got into climbing. I took classes. I learned how to do it. And and that was kind of our, our thing as well is, you know, you're not going to get rich every time that you go out. Um, sometimes you have to, you know, sometimes you have to disprove or debunk some of the stories that are out there. And a lot of the time, it's the adventure that you come back with that, you know, is, you know, the memories, the camaraderie, the uh, the crazy uh, shenanigans that ensued. So, you know, that, uh, that's been a lot of fun to be a part of, um, you know, just having those memories, uh, you know, you want to, uh, yeah, it's just, it's been a blast. Um, we've learned some valuable lessons. We've learned just about how much whiskey we need to bring to the uh, to the camp, you know, just right amount, not too much. Right, and that's <laughs> why, and that's why yeah. the wives don't like it when guys get together because they <laughs> they do things that they probably shouldn't be doing, and which is cool because I like doing that stuff too. But that's why wives are always giving us that evil eye when we get home. What you doing this time? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's we had uh, it's fun. We had, we, we had gypsy too, you know. So we also, you know, we we have you know women now in treasure hunting, and uh, there's some really good ones. And gypsy's a great example of that. And she was she'll be a guest on episode four. Um. So yeah, we. Um, Who'd you say? Want to exclude the wives because our wives really support what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> we may have a little fun, but you know they do support what we're doing. Who did and, you say uh, was going to be on? Gypsy, Gypsy Jewels. Jewels. Oh, Gypsy. Oh, cool. Zero discrimination. Yeah, she's exactly zero discrimination. She's going to be yep. on this next episode, episode four, which will be airing at the end of this month. Right now, we're taking a little bit of a holiday season, but at the end of this month, the next episode will start back up with Gypsy Jewel Jewels with our uh, team. Cool. Yeah, I was just yeah. I was going to share something. Uh, a couple, you know, over the last few years, as I was getting more interested into this. I would talk to people and they would say, can you really find treasure? I mean, is that really possible? And um, you may or may not be aware of this, but a couple of years ago, a friend of mine uh, came to me and said, hey, I found a major treasure on the beach in Florida, uh, Spanish treasure. And I was wondering if you would tell the story. So I did all the research. It was from the 1715 fleet found it with a metal detector. It just happened to be after two northeastern uh, two northeastern storms came through. Right time, right place. And after all of that, I did all the research, did all the photography, did the interviews. It was about a half a million dollars worth of treasure, Spanish treasure. And it was a, it was 11 galleons out of 12 that sank in July 31st to the uh, 1715. So my point to that is just basically this, is that, yes, you can find treasure, right? Not everybody's going to go out and do it, but treasure's real. What, I, what was interesting to me was after I wrote that article, 
I actually had people coming to me wanting there's there's other treasures out there basically is what I'm what I'm trying to say is I I'm guessing now and it's really just a guess that probably nine out of the ten treasures that are recovered you never hear the story you just don't know okay. because they don't want to tell the story the story's never been told but we know the treasure is real we know it's that we know there's treasure out there and you know we're not just searching for it. I mean, there's a lot of research that goes into this. I mean, there was a book that was written called El Norte about all this Spanish exploration throughout the Americas in the 16 and 1700s. And what's interesting, I'm in Florida, they're in Utah. And if you go St. Augustine across North Florida, across Texas, the Spanish trail goes all the way out to uh, New Mexico, Utah, and the Spanish came up from Mexico and went up that way. So the irony of me being in Florida and them in Utah is that what we're working on now is a lot of the same explorers crossed America and a lot of that treasure was hidden. Now, I'll, I'll end this up by saying this. We're really focusing on Spanish treasure now in Southern Utah and Utah in the Utah area. But in this process, I've been approached by a number of people that said, hey, if you're going to expand outside of what you're doing now, I'd love to have you come to my area. So I've been invited or we've been invited to Canada, New England, the Southeast, um, Southwest. There's a lot of areas that we can go to and work with people on. Um, but the treasure's out there uh, and you got to do the research and you got to do the hard work to do it. And we don't want to, we don't want to make it look like, uh, you know, all this stuff is made up. What we're doing is real. Uh, we may or may not find it, but the research is going into it. The hard work is going into it. And we want people to see what that, what that entails. And, and one of the, one of the things that we've, we've talked about is we've got a lot of stories that we want to look into and take people with us. Um, right now we're starting kind of close to home. We want to get the, you know, get our ducks in a row, learn, learn the process of filming. And uh, then as we get better, we can start moving, you know, a little farther afield, go for some of these uh, other things. Uh, but right now we're, we're it's it's really a learning process and and learning what we can do and what we can show right um and mark brings up a, a good point you know in the i've been uh i've been palling around with tim for quite a while um we we decided to call it treasures and treasures of america for a reason um you know we're not just limiting to you know our adventures and our discoveries and our trips to to our backyard there's a lot of rich history um you know in our area but uh you know we want to span to the uh, east coast we want we want to investigate some of our uh some of the stories and some of the legends that are in south america that's why you know antonio is going to be you know very handy when we go down there um using him as an interpreter so it's, uh, yeah, we, we chose the name specifically for a reason. And as we, and like Mark said, or excuse me, as Todd said, as we get better, we're going we're gonna to branch out and we're going to collaborate with more and more people. Yeah, that's exactly right. I can tell you guys right now 
that as me and Jada have been working on the edits on these videos, for one thing, if you haven't seen the show, you need to go watch it. It's on YouTube right now, Uncharted Expedition. Every episode is a, a different story, different legend, different type of treasure. We're going to be looking anywhere from Spanish treasure to ancient cultures that aren't in the historic or in the history books, all the way to even your old minor 49ers back in the 1800s. There's going to be a big variety on, on season one. And we got KG and Ringy. We got Gypsy Jewels. We got all these guys with us. We got some good sponsors that are backing us up. And I feel like uh, a little bit biased, of course, but I feel like we did a good job. Starting off with, with episode one, we explain who every team member is. You know, there's a part where me and Sean are out there shooting the guns. I don't want to give you away too much if you haven't seen them. We're out there shooting the guns. And then the target blows up after Sean hits it, right? You know, you see the big explosion and we're out there with the four wheelers and there's a lot going on. But what everybody's trying to say is we have to figure out how to, you know, make it entertaining in a way. But at the same time, if I show that that uh, we are out on an episode for a whole weekend and I showed uh, let's say Sean hiking around for an hour, you know, people will be going like this. Yeah, nobody okay, wants so to see that. he's hiking around for an hour. What's that? So we have to edit it and we have to make it seem entertaining. But this is all real stuff. Everything you saw Todd do, Mark do, Sean do, everything has been shot by Chooch, which he is new to the crew. And he's not, just so you guys know, he's not that big time treasure hunter. He's always been an outdoorsman, but he's out there filming us and learning this stuff as, as he's going and learning what we do as we're all going. So um, yeah, it, it's a very unique and realistic show. Well, and, you know, Tim, just to add to that, you mentioned uh, KG and Rangy and Gypsy Jewels. And I think most people know who KG and Rangy are. Not everybody yep. knows, but, you know, they were on National Geographic for three years. And right. They traveled oh, yeah. The world. And, you know, I've gotten to know them and they 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 have fun. Uh, they get excited on camera. They play around and stuff. But, you know, the the. The thing that I've gotten to know is they are really, really good with at what they do, you know, with a metal detector and searching for lost artifacts and relics. So, you know, for us, I think it was good and it and it's not that it's the only time they'll be on, but I think we learn a lot by having people like that on. You know, first oh, of all, they're really good at what they do. And secondly, you know, with three years being on camera, you know, we learn from them as well from that aspect. So, right. and it brings an additional personality to what we're doing. So having them on. I used, to love, I used to love watching that show, watching yeah. their show. So, Mark, uh, you said you, you guys want to hit the East Coast and stuff. Uh, I got curious, what what kind of things, what kind of treasures and legends would you be looking for out on the East Coast? I mean, I know there's plenty about here. But like, what types of things? They, like, well, you, you know, know uh, in, World in, War. I mean, uh, Civil War or colonial, or just want right. to hang out, bringing in them for a little while. <laughs> well, you you obviously here in the South, you have the Civil War, right? Uh, you know, it's interesting. I actually was up in Arkansas with a with a friend of mine who found some amazing relics uh, in the river from the uh, 
from one of the battles there. And uh, there's just so much that can be explored just from that one story. Um, and up in New England, you, you know, you, you get four battles up there. You know, you got the Revolutionary War, you've got right. you know, the Civil War. There, there's, there's so many different stories in the different areas, but without getting into detail of each one, I've had different people from those areas approach me and say, hey, you know, I think, you know, it would be great if you came up here and worked with us on this particular story that I'm working on. So there, it's out there, you know it, and uh, we know it. And um, we we would just look to go to some of those areas where it looks to be promising. It's the same old problem, having the time to do it. <laughs> time and money, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And money. <laughs> got to have that too. <laughs> so uh, I got a, I got a, a question or two for Cheech here. So how long you been, uh, how about, how long you been uh, videoing, video recording? Um, off and on since I was a teenager, just kind of yeah. been around it. My dad always had a camera in his hand and, and I've just always kind of enjoyed it. But I've, since I was a teenager, but, to really get into it was a little bit before these guys and right around there. Then I just like, you know what, I'm going to go full force into it. And I'm learning along with them on a lot of it. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. You know, uh, learn all the time. Uh, what, what have you found to be like the, the, uh, the most difficult thing about filming these guys? Keeping up with Sean. <laughs> That's Sean, dude. He's crazy. Sean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sean and Antonio. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I, I imagine some of your shots you're going to set up. Get get your shots ready. Uh, do you find it hard to direct these guys, get them in position, or do they want to no, work with you? No, not really. They're, I, they, I got a pretty they... big whip. I got a whip that I whip them into shape. <laughs> but they know. <laughs> yeah, they know if they don't obey me, then if it don't oh, go on, no. if it's not on camera, it didn't happen. So, <laughs> yep, exactly. That's, what that's, a, that's a good point. Yeah, but hey, I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, with that, how much um, creative juices are you allowed to exude? Um, like, I can. Did you go up to as creative as I want, really? Yeah. Hey, Tim, I want to get a picture of you hanging off that cliff. Can you get up there? Would he do it? Um, <laughs> he'd probably point at Sean and say, Sean. Sean's <laughs> a stand-in. You can say, you first. You, you get on that harness first, and I'll follow you down. <laughs> I just, did you hear me say anything about a harness? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to wear one. But I want the real shot. I mean, there's, there's trips that are pretty frustrating. And to be honest, we've all kind of thought about putting uh, Tim at the, on the end of a rope at some point. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, there's been many times, even in, if you watch uh, episode three, where right before all of us break off into three groups, the camera, again, I, I we had to be careful with what we show, but that was a trek, and that was not easy to get up there. If the cameras were rolling, if we would have saw, saw or showed the whole thing, I, all of us were out of breath. We were frustrated. We were like, you know, I got I got my crew looking at me, going, "Tim, are you sure it's this way?" And I'm like, "I don't know. This is the way that 
I feel like we should go, you know, the clues are pointing this way. And, and so there's been a few times that I felt like my guys have their sword out and they're putting me on the plank and they're like, come on, walk the plank, you know, where is it? And and so it's, it's, it's pretty tough, but at the same time, Sean's right. Um, We're in a way, you know, all of us have experience, but we are winging it. Everything that you saw so far that we're showing or real things they're not made up you know and so you're gonna watch if you keep watching uncharted expedition you're gonna i guarantee you you're gonna watch us fail you're gonna watch us succeed and you're gonna watch and be inspired and that's what we're trying to do is inspire people to live your dream if it's treasure hunting if it's metal detecting whatever it is that you like doing go out there and do it and that's what uncharted expedition is all about and to answer your question, you know, we give uh, we give everybody as much creativity as as they can. That's that's basically the way the reason why we organize this group is, you know, we draw on Chooch's creativity, we draw on Todd's, we draw on, you know, everybody gets uh, gets to chime in. Yeah, I mean, you you look at, and this is probably revealing a little bit of a secret here. Not that you know it's that big of a deal, but. Chooch does amazing camera work, but we all have to hold cameras sometimes. Yeah. Like uh, when <laughs> when I was running around with KG and Ringy, and the other guys were, you know, in the in the mines, I was holding the camera, you know, for KG and Ringy. And I'll be honest with you, it was hard for me not to shake that camera. I was laughing so yeah. hard, KG and Ringy, that I I was doing everything I could not to shake that camera. Uh, Yeah, those guys are pretty funny. It was definitely a blessing. I think I found a sword. And see, and I I want people to understand that Chooch is just as valuable as as Mark and Sean and Todd and Antonio and everybody else. Um, Chooch, there's sometimes, you know, talking about realistic. Yeah, I heard you guys ask, do we set up the shot? If we know what's about to happen, and this is the if, this isn't always. Yes, sometimes right. it's park the car, chooch, you get out. Let's make this next three seconds look, you know, theatrical. But there's a lot of times chooch is out there with his camera. We've been hiking or, you know, we're on the four wheelers. It's bumpy. It's noisy. And chooch is ready to push record because Sean you never know when Sean or Todd might find something. And if we don't get it on camera, it didn't happen. That is so true. If there's times where Sean or Mark or someone gets excited, like, whoa, whoa stop the vehicle. You know, we got to get out and explore that. It's always like time out, time out. I know you want to go look at it, but let Chooch get set up and ready. And lots of times that's Chooch coming out of the back seat camera right here like uh okay record and he sets up so what he does it's a lot harder than what a lot of these hollywood production and and uh uh reality tv shows do chooch is on the run just as much as we're trying to be on the run to find something and and he's carrying that big old heavy camera bag yeah right yeah <laughs> Yeah, and these are these are big duffel bags. It's not a like no. a small camera bag. It's it's a big duffel bag full of camera stuff. 
Yeah, Remember? I'm, in one, I'm in one of the double bags they're carrying. So, <laughs> no wonder why I was so heavy. Why is Mark never tired after these long hikes? <laughs> oh, we oh, almost lost me, Mark I'm on tired. one of them. It I was, really uh, it was a little sketchy there for a minute. I, yeah. I thought I didn't think you were going to make it, Mark. I thought we yeah, were going to have to carry was... you back. Well, you know, that's the other thing people don't realize is this isn't some of this is not easy. And, you know, coming from Florida, some of those areas are a little higher in elevation and um, a little rugged territory. So, yeah, there's, you know, there were a couple of times when it was getting really difficult going up, you know, the side of the mountain. So um, uh, it's it can be difficult. I think we were. Yeah, we were at uh, eight or nine thousand feet in elevation. And at one point, it started to hail on us. So that, that was a lot of fun. And then uh, there was another time where we got up to 11,000 feet in elevation, and we almost lost Todd. Todd, uh, Todd likes to pack everything oh, and the kitchen sink. There's, uh, there's nothing in Todd's backpack that... Uh, yeah, if, if yeah, it, contingencies, he, uh, contingencies. I was just gonna say him and Ed. You know, the scout motto is always be prepared, but uh, but Todd, uh, his backpack puts mine to shame. Oh my god! Oh, I think I think I think I uh, Ed heard the the same thing, but I think he heard over prepared. <laughs> that, that's me. No. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm ahead, always Todd. over over prepared, and I've scaled down my backpack a couple of times because i'm not that young anymore i can't carry that big thing yeah you know the same packing up seven pair of underwear for a two-day trip right (laughs) and and it can be dangerous that uh that same trip we uh we went to explore a mine and uh you know and tim antonio and i got ahead of some of the other guys um you know, and you never know what kind of critters you're going to run into uh, in a mine. And this this particular mine is a natural cave opening. So Antonio and I, you know, were sitting on the other side of this little creek. And we were just, you know, sipping on some water, catching our breath, waiting for the other guys to show up. And so Tim goes over there and he pulls his sidearm out and a flashlight. And he he wants to just poke around and check out this. this it, was a, it was a natural cave opening about the size of a big beach ball and it was on the the side of the mountain and you know he just wanted to poke around and when he looked inside of it what he saw freaked him out so bad that he tumbled down the side of the hill and almost landed face first in the creek the uh the um this particular mine was inhabited by a mountain lion Ooh, yeah so needless to say she must have had some cubs in there because we were making a lot of racket and and noise as we were uh coming down the mountain and she was pacing back and forth and so we we decided that we were going to leave that cave alone because we didn't want to evict uh mama mountain lion if that makes sense oh, yeah well, we never I did get to explore do that uh, at first yeah. i was thinking giant nephilim or something because there's history of that in your neck of the woods up there i can imagine flashing your lights in there in that dark cave and seeing them green eyes staring back at you it, i'd run through <laughs> let me say this i've been in over 150 mines at least 
in my life. I love exploring mines. I've been in all different kinds of mines and caves. That moment is what I've been prepping for all these years. Every time I find an opening to a mine, a new mine that we just discovered or a cave entrance, that's the way that I do it. That's my practice. You know, I pull out the flashlight, I pull out the gun. So I got the flashlight, I got the gun right here, you know, close to my chest and I'm looking around. And that was one of the first times out of all these years that I actually saw something glowing back at me and staring. And then it started moving like it was panicking and it, it freaked me out. It, it, I wasn't, it gets to a point after so long, you're just like, ah, you're never going to see an animal, right? Well, I'm glad right. I kept it up on that one because if I didn't, I would have just gone right in there and who knows what would have happened with that thing. So yeah, it's kind of crazy. You mean somebody would actually walk in there without a flashlight, without looking first? Well, Come you on. know, and that's the thing that people don't, some people may not understand that when you got a flashlight, it doesn't matter what kind of flashlight or how how bright it is. When you poke that flashlight at these guys, they've been in many mines too. No matter how much we try to light up those mines, there's still, you know, off to the side, There's it's so dark that you can miss it. Even when I had that flashlight, I had the big mag light flashlight. I think it was the 4D uh, on that one, which is a very bright flashlight. And even though I had it, you know, looking around the mine like this, as I was going back and forth, I can only see the outline of what uh, this animal, which what right. I think was a mountain lion. So like that, that's the thing, no matter what you do, you can't see all the way around you in these mines. No, because the lights lights only travel in a straight direction anyway. So right. whatever your whatever your beam, your yeah, your uh the, the angle of that dome inside your flashlight, whatever that that's as far as it's gonna go. Yeah. No matter how bright a light you got, it's only gonna light up what's there, straight in front of it. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're only gonna see part of it. And and then to see those eyes stare back at you right away. No, I'm out of there. Yeah. No, Even no. if I got a gun. Even if I got a gun ready to go, I'm still backing up and getting out of there. <laughs> and I did. I, yeah. I, I would be the first one to say, oh, no, if that ever happens to me, I'll just start shooting. I didn't. Uh, yeah, right. I did not. I, I I don't even know what I did. Sean and Antonio are the ones that witnessed it. All I, I When I look back at that me uh, memory, I feel like that as soon as I saw it, I did this weird backwards frog hop like you know like two or it, three it wasn't that graceful tim i can attest <laughs> that uh you you looked uh, pretty awkward as you were tumbling down the hill <laughs> and you know what just so everybody knows on our youtube channel treasures in america we have that actual video we we ended up filming me and sean talking about what happened right afterwards so you won't just find our uncharted expedition series and episodes on there you'll also see a lot of shorter clips of right. a lot of different things that this team has been doing for years oh now. yeah ghost town clips and several playlists yeah and you're lucky she didn't take advantage of the fact that you fell <laughs> i mean i mean seriously you're lucky she was yeah. more concerned with protecting her cubs if that's what she was doing as yeah. opposed to coming out and taking care of you, you well, that's, an, that's another thing safety wise i cannot express um how important it is to have a group with you when you go out before i got sean and everybody else involved i used to do a lot of this on my own and i would hide yeah, miles and miles yeah and i would see and hear 
a lot of things. When I go out with these guys, we, we're making noises. You know, there's several of us together. We got the the engines, the, you know, all kinds of stuff right. going on. I don't experience those things anymore now that we have a group. Right. It's, I mean, you know, it's not like you're looking for them. <laughs> In fact, you'd rather yeah. they take off and go away. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. So uh, what? So tell us a little bit about your book. Oh. talking about your 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 uh, show because I'm gonna gonna have to order it I guess <laughs> well I can tell you uh, I think you guys got the the link it is up for pre-order right now on yeah. Amazon and everything that you're hearing us talk about that's what this book is about this book has several different chapters and every chapter is a new legend to look for in America and I mean North central and south too there's a lot of stories in there that talk about ancient cities ancient cultures that a lot of us don't talk about and so if you're looking for something more in depth you know on these videos like i said before we we shorten these videos down to 30 40 minutes but in the book or in a book i'm able to go more in depth on a lot of the research that this team has been doing so um, the book isn't about our show, but the show and the book work together to expand right. people's minds and lost history and treasures that's all around us. And what I what I do in the book as as a, um, a extra bonus, I told my publishers when I wrote it, my first book. So I wrote three this year, three books. This is the first one that's going to come out. There's going to be two more that come out a couple months, you know, in between afterwards. Right. Um, but the first book, I gave out over 200 treasure sites in North America. So by buying this book, you'll be able to read through it. And I give locations, details, records, people who were involved when this happened, if it was civil war, or if it was, you know, some miner who buried some gold up in the mountains. So I give the reader all this information to where I'm hoping that it inspires everybody. But at the same time, I'm leaving you guys very good, valuable information that I've been researching for over 25 years now. Is it a pretty easy read? Well, here, that's the thing. When, when you well, get, I mean, I, the reason I ask that because, you know, some people try to read something like this and have a hard yeah. time. You know, <laughs> so I'm talking about a hard read. I know. can tell you this. When I wrote it, I wrote it with the treasure hunting jargon. You know, I thought okay. I'm, cool. I'm, re I'm writing it to, to have everybody in this community uh, read it. When you have a publisher involved, and this is not a small publisher, this is a big publisher, they have editors, and they like to reword a couple words here and there. So, yes, it's going to be easy to read, but at the same time, um, you know, there might be, it might be, I wouldn't say difficult, but they're going to change a little bit of my terminology. So, some of it might seem a little more foreign to an expert treasure hunter, but right. no matter what, I think everybody's going to enjoy it. You a, a little bit earlier ago, a little bit earlier, you pulled out a book from your closet. What was that? Oh, that was Mark's that book that taught or that Mark was talking about, right? Yeah, and it is That's a good book. Norte. In uh, Tim, open up the front cover where the map is, and then I'll just show you how extensive some of the exploration was. It was the very, I think it was like the very front, 
Yeah, you can see all the different trails across America, and they have the different years that they, different Spanish explorers were uh, exploring the various areas. What was interesting about that was um, in episode uh, two, I believe, with KG and Rainey, uh, one of the relics that was discovered matched the time period that the Spanish explorer was in Southern Utah. So. That's really, it's really kind of interesting to see that you find a relic that, um, you know, actually matches up to the time frame that you know that they're there. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's one thing that we wanted to teach people. We, you know, now that we have friends on the East Coast, on the West Coast, Mid-America, and um, it's interesting how they, a lot of these stories tie together, you know, in, for us Westerners, we think of the East coast, more of your sunken treasures, I guess you can say, you know, things like that. Um, the, the Templar night or the Templars and stuff like that. Very, very yeah. yeah. But when you come over, when you're in the West, this is something that I'm liking, uh, to educate people on is that the Spanish think about where their main hub was. It was where, Today's uh, uh, today's uh, city is Mexico City. That's where the Spanish, the Gulf of Mexico, they came in over. Q or um, uh, oh, what am I trying to say? Um, <laughs> I'm Cancun. I'm sorry. You know, over Cancun, they landed there. Mexico City, where the Aztec city used to be, is where their headquarters were. So they were actually very close to you know, the borders of, it wasn't America back then, but the Mexico territory went where Arizona is, where Nevada is, California, Utah, and stuff like that. So the Spanish were up here. And even though you do have your sunken treasures more in the Gulf of Mexico and over by Florida and stuff like that, here in the West, you got the Rocky Mountains. Where you think all that gold and silver came from, it did not just come from the Inca Empire or the Aztecs. Their gold and silver, we are educating people and trying to tell people that after they took over the Aztecs, after they conquered these uh, ancient cultures and tore down their cities and took the valuables, they came up north through Arizona, through New Mexico, Texas, Utah, even Idaho and Montana. And this is where they were looking for more riches. They literally started mining. They were expert miners. They would find gold and silver and they would enslave Indians at some times or they would go buy slaves and they would work these mines for years and years until they, it was played out, until there wasn't any more gold and silver. So the Western states hold on to a lot of secrets. Hey, um, just to chime in real quick, uh, Todd or Tim might know, there was somebody in the chat that was asking if, uh, if uh, you guys know Paul the Crusher. I don't. No? What was it again, Sean? Carl the Crusher. Huh. Well, I'm going to have to... He's a YouTuber uh, in, in, that, in that area, supposedly. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to look okay. into it. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. In fact, I'm, I'm going to type that up um, right here on my computer. Oh, wrong. Wrong, <laughs> wrong computer. Wrong computer. <laughs> okay, just so you know, I did put that in my uh, Google search, and I'll look that up after this, and I'm kind of curious what that is or who that is. So thank you. Tim, somebody else was asking if uh, 
there's any treasures in California that they might be interested in. Um, oh, man. So what, what are your thoughts on California? Yeah, California is a hot spot too. Everybody has to remember the actual gold rush that took place in the 1800s started because of California. So again, wherever you find rich minerals, gold and silver, platinum, diamonds, anything like that, um, you're going to have a lot of treasures. And I go into uh, California as well in my book, um, but I can tell you that start with, with the old gold rush. Um, around that time brought in uh, uh, people from Mexico going up to the uh, uh, gold rush and trying to strike it rich. But a lot of people don't understand or they may not know that only about 3% of the old miners back in those days actually struck it rich. So there was a lot of, uh, I guess you can say, broke miners and a lot of them turned to crime. So the Civil War and the gold rush era turned a lot of people into broke people, which created outlaws and bandits. So California right. has a lot of that. There's a lot, especially Southern California. Right. The Spanish trail extended all the way down to Southern California for a reason. Um, and wasn't it, uh, didn't somebody find a cache of coins like right off of the coast of San yeah. Francisco not too long ago? Yeah, there's actually been a few caches like that that have been found by random people, not and even people with metal detectors, you know. Some off of Highway 80, I believe, um, on their property, too, a few cans of gold eagles. But, oh, wow. Yeah, the Freshly El Camino mentioned. Real used to go from Baja all the way up California and a string of missions along the way. Well, you, you know, it's interesting. You had the Spanish missions going uh, east and west both both ways. Uh, but, Tim, didn't wasn't there like a trail from like the Mormons from the LDS church from California coming in mm. there as well? I don't know as much about that, but I was yeah. thinking that there was there was some brought in, though. There were red mark. There were a lot of Mormons in California. Uh, yeah. Even the the carpenters that worked on Sutter's Mill, I believe I read somewhere that a few of them were Mormons. Would have thought Amish, but man. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah they, uh, they, the Mormons did uh, follow the Spanish Trail. They, they settled Las Vegas, actually. A lot of people don't know that, but they, uh, I, I would have had a hard time with that. I spent, uh, 10 years living in the Vegas Valley. It's so stinking hot. I probably would have told Brigham to, to pound sand. I don't think I could have done it. <laughs> and, you know, some people might not know this, but if you look at the old maps, now remember a lot of the cities in the eastern or western states, sorry, even big cities like Phoenix, Arizona and stuff like that, they didn't become a part of the United States until the later part of the 1800s. So like Utah, Nevada, right. they were actually part of one territory. So it makes sense. Most of the Mormons back in the middle 1800s when they got here, they settled what people say is the Utah territory. People don't realize Nevada was part of that territory. So it makes a lot of sense when you use history and you go back and research the real history it starts unlocking a lot of clues so weren't the spanish weren't the spanish uh up here mining uh before the 49ers even oh, you know yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah oh yeah yeah they were up they were already up here mining when that happened uh which is what i think well 
Oh, they were they were up here in the 1700s. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, that was like yeah. a couple hundred years before then. Yeah. And even and before one of, the, then, uh, one of the sites that we were working on. Sorry to cut you guys off. Um, it uh, it was reported to be one of the Spanish's uh, richest. Oh, that's cool. Nice. It was reported to be one of the Spanish second richest uh, mines that they've ever worked on. And the Spanish, when they got to it, they said that it had been worked previously by a, an older culture. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's hard to say who was actually in there. But when they got to it, it, uh, it wasn't untouched. It was already used. It was already an abandoned mine at that point. Well, if right. you, you have to think about it. You know, Ponce de Leon was in Florida in the early 1500s. That started the exploration, you know, and they, we, we know guys here in Florida that have found coins inland or inside of Florida, uh, early 1500s, where they might have camped or something like that. But if you think about that, that's 200 years before the 1700s, the, the amount of exploration that occurred between the 1500s and the 1600s, 1700s, there was a lot going on. And in that area of Southern Utah, it's really uh, more of the mid 1700s. Is I, I've heard a lot of stuff, Mark, like, oh, California's newer than out east when LA's been around since the 1700s, founded by the Spanish. So, and, yeah. and like your and part of the woods, your part of the woods, uh, St. Augustine has been around since the Spaniard came looking for the Fountain of Youth. What's that? Fifteen right. hundreds? Yep. Yeah. Well, 15, it started. It, oh, sorry, Mark. No, I was just going to say the early fifteen hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. It starts with Cortez. Cortez conquered the Aztecs. Right. Then when you look into the history, then you got Francisco and several other successful and well-known Spaniards that came here. Again, it's that if you, you got to track down what, the, let's just plain and simple say it, the Spanish were conquerors. They were plunderers. That's, that's what they did. Um, uh, well, we can say it was for religion and a lot of other things, and that is true too. There's there's truth to all that, but plain and simple, they were looking for the riches. They came to but the that's, new world. That's, that's what the whole world was doing at that time. Right, right. It was every everywhere. culture, every culture was doing that during that right. time, expanding, exploring, conquering. Right, and the Spanish Thank at the you. time in the early 1500s, when you look back uh, before piracy and all that kind of stuff, the Spanish did have this area locked and controlled. Um, it, it took England to come back in the later 1600s to start taking back that control of what they right. called the new world, which was Western states. So, yeah, I mean, again, using history, and I'm not talking about the kind of history that you learn in middle school or high school or even college and at a university. You need to really track down that lost history because that's what this team does. We track down that history that a lot of people don't know where you have to take it much deeper. I spend 90% of my time in this office, on these computers, in archives, uh, all in like digital libraries on the computer. And I'm constantly looking for old documents, old stories and old records that can show, you know, what happened in certain areas a few hundred years ago. These so, are not things that I learned in school. Research, right. so, research, research. Right. One, of the, one of the things right. that you hear a lot about right now 
going on too is uh, the the uh, the Nephilims. People say you look at articles. There's all kinds of newspaper articles and pictures showing it, but you can't find none of the bodies. Uh, the the Egyptians in the Grand Canyon. Right, right. That that's something that they brought up in the chat as well. We uh, we dug into that a little bit. The uh, uh -huh. I was going to ask the, you what you guys felt about that. Yeah. So we, I mean, there's evidence that the Egyptians traveled into the New Worlds. So, you know, there's certain uh, right. there's certain um, oh shoot, certain tombs were uncovered with like cocaine in them, and you know, certain things that could not be found in. Uh, in Egypt, so we knew that they were travelers, and right, I and didn't they, even think about that because I remember that happening too at one time. You know, right. watching, and and they're talking about cocaine in, in one of the tombs, right? Yeah, and we uh, we know that. Uh, I mean, you look at you look at these cultures and these advanced cultures. We believe that they were trading. Um, they were trading technology. I mean, is it a coincidence that you have? Uh, pyramids in egypt but you have pyramids in south america as well so that story i believe is 100 percent legit because we know that the rio grande um has changed over the years the rio grande used to be accessible to the ocean you you could totally drive you know sail excuse me not drive you could sail all the way up drive your boat. Grand canyon from the ocean at, at one point um and it was the uh, the Hopi Indians that described this culture as an ant people. They are one of the oldest uh, cultures in um, in North America, and they described a period of famine where their people were really struggling. And then this advanced society came out of the ground like ants, and they described them as ant people. And they came out, they they um, nursed them back to health, and then they went back down into their subterranean uh, world. Yeah, uh, and going back to the Egyptians, a lot of people, you know, I think history tries to make it look like the Egyptians just kind of, you know, one day they ruled, they were powerful, and then they were gone after, let's say, the event of Cleopatra. That's not true either. There is some history and some documents out there that show that um, when people, some people think, or some historians is what I should say, think that the Egyptian uh, culture died off. It really didn't. It separated in two. And there's documents later on that show where half of Egypt went, well, not the rest of them. And there's no other thing in history that says where that other half of their population went. So to be a treasure hunter and a researcher, you got to kind of have an open mind. You can't just think within, you know, a certain box. You got to, you got to right. look at where the evidence is taking you. Well, there's, there's no coincidence that there's a blacked out site in the Grand Canyon. Like why, you know, it, you can't fly there. Why, what, why is, why is that a thing? Um, and we saw we saw at one point on a topple map, it was a two-year period, I believe, in 1954 to 1956. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Tim, but you, if you look at those old topple maps, and a lot of those, those old maps are disappearing to where you can't find them anymore. But if you look at some of those old topple maps, you'll see that there's, there was a tramway that was constructed to go down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Why would they build something like that? I think the Smithsonian wanted to, uh, you know, wanted to haul everything away. Um, and you, we found 
the concrete footing that that tramway was attached to. So you that was that was pretty exciting right too. There, Sean. You might you might want to hide for the next couple of days. Yeah, use the in black cover ups. <laughs> I always tell I tell my dad when we talk, you know, once a month or or you know a couple times a month. I always tell him I start telling him about some of the things that we're working on and that I've learned. And I say, hey, if I ever disappear, go go check some of these big organizations because they're going to be the ones that. You know, after like what Sean just said, uh, which is totally true. I don't know what you're talking about, Tim. I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> just, we'll, we'll go back well, and edit that. No, that yeah. stuff needs to be said, though. We're, you know, we're, we're moving away a little bit away from treasure hunting and kind of what we're doing. But I will say this. Uh, I've been fascinated with ancient civilizations for years in Graham Hancock. Some of you may know of his books. Uh, he wrote Fingerprint of the Gods, and he talks about ancient civilizations around the world. Absolutely incredibly fascinating, some of the detail in that book. And a lot of people just dismissed what he wrote. And now every year they're finding more and more evidence that proves the things that he was sharing was correct. And one of the things that I remember was that the uh, pyramid in Teotihuacan, which I've been to mm. in Mexico, the base of that <clears throat> pyramid is exactly the same size as the one in the Great Pyramid of, uh, in Giza, and it's half the height of the Great Pyramid in Giza. Yep. So what is what are the chances that that would be, that would happen unless there was some uh transfer of information by you know people sailing across the sea and bringing that information with them and then building pyramids here in uh in south america so you know there had to be that you know we don't have you know first-hand evidence of it but there's plenty of evidence that they were here i think one of the one of the and i can't remember one of the pyramids in egypt was actually built on an older foundation that was, you know, thousands of years older than that. Very, very, very common. This is why I went to school for anthropology. I thought I wanted to be an archaeologist. The Indiana Jones movies make everybody think you want to be an archaeologist. You actually want to get into anthropology. Right. Anthropology studies the culture and the history and the behaviors right. uh, of ancient people, not the objects or the artifacts like archaeology does. And it's very common when you look at the Aztecs, the Incas, all of them, at least here where we live in the Western states and down below in the South, um, you can look at the Aztecs and the Aztecs were a very powerful culture, but guess what? There was, a, there was just as a powerful culture a few hundred years before them that lived in that area because there's evidence that the Aztecs found pyramids, temples, and structures and then they and they were abandoned. They there was no one living in these areas. And the Aztecs or the Incas or the Mayans came and built on top of those and made even bigger structures. So that is very, very common. It's been happening all the way around the world. And yeah, every great civilization, you know, essentially just takes the path of least resistance and builds on top of the next. Um, you know, it's uh it, it, there's reasons why people live 
in certain areas. They have to have access to water. They have to have access to good farming and fertile ground. They have to have access to certain things for, for survival. Certain elements of the region are crucial for any civilization to thrive. So why, you know, reinvent the wheel? Just build on top of the next one. Do what's easier. Right. Every Yeah, right. Every civilization needs cultivation and they need farmers and miners. Yep. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty true. There's a. I just want to mention one thing. I was re referencing the, this earlier with Graham Hancock. If you guys haven't read it, just uh, a recommendation. It's, the book is called "America Before: The Key to Earth's Lost Civilization." Graham wrote that about uh, two years ago, and it really talks about a lot of the civilization in the Americas uh, prior to what we traditionally considered as the founding history of this uh, this continent. So fascinating book, highly recommended to anybody. He's got a really good uh, show on Netflix called Ancient Apocalypse. Mm. Uh, just watched it a couple of weeks ago. It's, it's really well done. Good show. Mm. Oh. Well, now that you guys kind of, you know, we went down, we went from our show Uncharted <laughs> Expedition to disaster, the rabbit hole. But, but to be honest with you, this is exactly what I hope to have happen when we got the whole team together, because I, I'm hoping that everybody can see that we're a group of guys, you know, you got Chooch who has a talent with running the camera. You got Sean that's daring, that's willing to go and all this stuff. You got Mark that, you know, wasn't a treasure hunter 12 years ago. And now he's a very well-known, likable guy. Everybody knows him. You know, this team has a lot of knowledge and a lot of talent, I guess you can say in that way. And everything we're talking about here, we're actually giving you guys a little bit of the inside addition to where Uncharted Expedition could end up. Season one, we had a budget. We had restrictions. Like what Todd said, we were learning. We want to make sure that right. we do things right before we branch out even further. But a lot of these things, Sean brought up the Egyptian city. You know, there's more things. I'm talking about the Aztecs and ancient cultures that are in history. These are things to come if Uncharted Expedition is successful. And, and to become successful, we need to hear from the viewers. You know, share like comment let us know that you watched it let us know what you think you know share with your treasure hunting buddy and and and, and again garrett metal detectors is our big sponsor when you see them if you know someone that works there send them a text send them an email you know say hey we're glad that you uh you sponsored uncharted expedition because i guarantee you our sponsors and our budget will only expand into season two the more audience and more people that talk about our show and enjoy it. Right. And and put up the link to both the show or the YouTube channel and uh, the book site a little yeah. earlier ago. Maybe you get Darren to do it again. Yeah. Also, uh, I put up their Facebook page, their YouTube you. channel. Here's the book now. Um. But I, I want to step back a little bit. Mark was saying we kind of went down a different path than treasure hunting. But in my eyes, it's all treasure hunting. Good point. 
And that's I, hit, I, I know Mark very well. That's what you're at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know Mark. A lot of us think alike. And uh, Mark, uh, I don't need to speak for you. You can go ahead and I'll, you know, comment <laughs> on that one. <laughs> well, you know, look, you know, we, we say this all the time. The treasure, the real treasure here is the relationships we have with each other. Right. Here, 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 here. And, and we, uh, like I said at the very beginning, you know, it's, it's, an, it's an adventure that we share with each other. We might find, you know, silver or gold, or we may not. But the real treasure is what we've built with each other. And we're bringing other, everybody else along for the ride. So when I made the comment about, you know, going off away from treasure hunting per se, you know, <clears throat> there's a lot of that tied to the ancient civilizations and there's a lot of discussions you can have and there's, it's a lot of fun to do that. Relative to what we're doing though, um, you know, <clears throat> we haven't really gotten into that, but we're all fascinated by it. We all love that uh, discussion as well. But what we're focused on right now at this point in time is the, the, the Spanish treasure in Southern Utah, in Northern Utah even, uh, and for you know, people that are listening to this or watching that, that's what we're focused on now. But we're more than happy to discuss the other stuff too. Yeah, I yeah, totally yeah. understand where you're coming right. from, Mark. This, yeah. Discussing discussing that, uh, let's say uh, I'm in Arizona and I want to go look. What what would be like the first things that I would want to do? I mean, I, I know research, but what type of research would you recommend? This is or anywhere out west. If if you guys don't mind, I, for instance, or for example, I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, lots of times, getting to know your local history and legends are so important. For instance, growing up in Phoenix, I don't know if everybody knows about this about Arizona, but it's a big, big time cowboy, old western, shoot 'em up you know, outlaw state. And it still is today, no matter how big Phoenix gets, that's right. a very uh, big cowboy state. And one thing yeah, for we, sure. We, we met Swift, Swifties. Yeah, <laughs> right. And one thing's for sure. If, if you know your local legend around there, you know of a few things that stick out. Uh, the Superstition Mountains, the mm -hmm. Lost Dutchman Mine, Tombstone, Wyatt Earp, Doc Holliday. There's a few things that you learn there. But I suggest for people to take it a little bit further. I myself have seen thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people look for that lost Dutchman mine my whole life. Yeah. No one can produce. It has been found every once in a while. I'll see a news clip or someone writes an article. It's been found. There's no proof it's been found. There's been no gold that shows that the Dutchman has been found. So possibly this is where I take it a step further. There's two things, in my opinion, about uh, going after a story like that. Either everybody's looking in the wrong area, or perhaps not to crush some people's heart, but that story may not really truly exist the way that they tell it. So, if you want to. You mean to it could be embellished? No. Or uh, they could, could be, be pointing in the wrong direction. I will tell you this many times, you can be more successful. When a story has not been discovered after how long? 250 years, like that story. Well, it's a 200, 
Yeah, okay, well, let's just say roughly 250 years. If it hadn't been found yet and no one can prove it, look the other direction. Maybe exactly. it, maybe people are saying it's in the Superstition Mountains. Growing up in that area, you got Squaw Peak. You got all these different mountain ranges that surround the Phoenix metro area. Perhaps they're looking in the wrong place, or people got the story wrong from the very beginning. And what if it's not, not even in that wrong. range? It could be in the Bradshaw. Right. Exactly. You're exactly right. And here's another tip. If you're in your local state and you're finding that there's one or two treasures that are constantly being talked about, but yet it hasn't been found, and, and many people have tried, start looking a little bit deeper. I'll give everybody a little bit of a tip for uh, since we're talking about Arizona. Prescott, Prescott, Arizona is a very, still today, known as a roughneck cowboy town. A lot of stagecoaches, a lot of outlaws hid in Prescott area, but you don't hear about that in the books and you don't hear about that in history. So if you're tired of looking for the same treasure, if you live in Arizona that everybody else is looking for, look up north a little bit because that area has a lot of lost history that I think someone could be extremely successful in making discoveries. You're kind of saying don't, don't look for the treasures that everybody's looking for. Find those ones that have very little story to them or very little um, uh, notoriety to it. You know, uh, the, the, the drunk down the street happened to get lucky and stumbled across a cash box and buried it somewhere and, and nobody knows where he buried it. Sometimes you'll, look for that treasure because, sometimes you know, you'll find out the bigger story is the one that hasn't been spoken. And I'm, I don't want to, I'm right. not, I'm not saying this in a bad way. And a lot of people, this is a very famous TV show, but look at the curse of Oak Island. Not only have they been filming there for many years and they're still waiting to produce something. I hear a lot of fans say that they're waiting to really see that big discovery. But if you look at the history of curse of Oak Island, they weren't the first treasure hunters to take it pretty far in the way of no, drilling and digging. People have been there. Line. Yeah. It's been people have been going out there for generations and still you can't produce it. So right. and and digging as deep as as these guys have been digging. Right. You know, exactly. Without the, the new equipment, you know, doing all that. They've gotten down there. It's obvious and, because they keep finding all the old diggings. <laughs> right. And and that's the thing with this team, I can't stress enough that if we get the love and support from our community, we will start teaching people if you watch. Episode two, episode one's a it's more of a fun episode to explain who uh-huh. everybody is. Episode two, we start off by educating people how to read lichen and get dates, how to find old structures and try to understand who might have built them. These trade secrets have been passed down to this team for three generations now, three generations of good treasure hunters that have spent their lives researching. Okay. So can you go up to like a foundation or a, a line of rocks or it looks like a, a used to be an old building and tell what people put it together by the way the stones are stacked and things that's, like that? That's a tricky question. And I can explain it in this way. Um, certain cultures have a certain building method. Um, right. Lots of times, to be honest with you, if it's been in the last couple hundred years, whatever resource they had in the area, that's what they would have used. Maybe it was rocks. Maybe they right. made bricks. 
Um, but another thing, it kind of comes down to the growth on the building itself. So I can I can somewhat get a rough estimate of who built it and when by looking at the growth of the lichen and certain things like that in the area. Metal detecting is another one. That's another great tool. I don't you'll you'll see as you watch our show more and more that metal detecting we use them more as a tool rather than hey guys, we're out in the middle of the mountains. Let's just everybody break out a metal detector and see if we can find something. When we find an old structure like that, we'll give Mark to start metal detecting and Todd. These two break out their Garrett metal detectors and start, start, you know, scouting the whole area. And let's say if Mark finds tobacco cans or coins from the late 1800s, and I look at that structure and go, you know what? Hey, Sean, doesn't this look a lot like that ghost town that we saw, you know, 500 miles that way, you know, a few years ago. And then I look at the lichen, all those things start telling the story of who was there, when they were there and what they were doing. So. That's cool. Yeah. there's, so, there's a lot of you, things. Mentioned, you mentioned something earlier before the show started about wanting to look back at the previous video when you were on the first time. <laughs> so without going back and looking at it, do you think you've gotten where you want to be at this point? Have you gotten further? Are you waiting to get where you want to get? How are you doing there? Uh, just so you, um, are are you meaning fan wise, audience wise, like what, or or just our objective in the way of what we hope? Yeah, yeah your your objective. I think uh, I'm trying to remember, you wanted to get out there and just discover stuff. Yeah, you know, I would say yes. Things take time. They really do. Sure. This team works hard. I'm very proud of each and every one of these guys. And and I, I don't want to let them down. And I want us to be successful. But things do take time. You know, you can't just build a business. You can't just build a TV show out of nowhere and become very popular or get where you want to be. It takes time, money, a lot of different resources. So I would say in a lot of ways, um, I think we've exceeded my expectations. Um, cool. If I could tell you the type of emails I've been getting lately, the messages and stuff like that, two, three years ago, every once in a while, you know, I got a lot of messages, but a lot of them were, hey, can you help me with this site? And I love those kind. Those are those are good messages. But since Uncharted Expedition has come out, and it's only been what, around five weeks now since episode one came out, I'm getting a lot of emails with people who are really um, you can tell they're putting a lot of work into these emails. They're lengthy. They're well thought out. They have good questions. They're they're trying to learn things. And and to me, that's a huge success because that means that that every one of these guys on this team and the editor work and the and camera work and everything that we have done is starting to pay off. We're starting to show authority. We're starting to show knowledge and experience and. Another biggest thing out of all that, I think we're starting to really inspire people by what we're doing. Oh, cool. yeah. That's, that's, and especially if you get the young people involved in what you're doing. Um, yeah, it's, it can only get good for you. Yeah. Yeah. The younger generation needs to. You know, I just looked at my son just yesterday. I was showing him some of these. Uh, you guys... We'll, we'll share some details later on, but I have these old documents and maps. I'm like, computer i i almost didn't say computer because now i'm going to have to make sure no one knows my address but my hard drive has <laughs> stuff on it right it has a lot of my stuff 
And so right. I showed my boy a couple maps yesterday and I was sitting there talking to him and I was getting excited as I was explaining to him. Then I looked at him and said, you know, the younger generation doesn't understand these methods. Luckily, you know, I, I'm what, 44 years old now. Sean's about the same age. Chooch is about the same age. Mark and Todd and Antonio are, are you know, a little bit older than, than the rest of us three. And But this generation, I, I kind of think of our generation as one of the last ones that might be inspired to go out and do the kind of things that we do. And that would be a shame because I know that there's thousands of years of mysteries and secrets and treasures and riches and stuff that are still out there. So I looked oh. at my boy and I said, if something happens to me soon in a year and 20 years from now, don't forget where I have all the stuff, because if you don't use it, I want you to give it to someone someday that that can take this information and do something with it. So, well, you know, if you, if you look around at the treasure hunting community, the metal detectorists, the gold uh, prospectors, and these people, treasure hunters of all kinds, you'll notice that uh, a lot of them do bring their kids along. A lot of them do have kids that are just as enthusiastic as they are, it's true. which is great. Which in in my mind tells me that the fact that we're we're pushing towards these younger kids, you guys doing the same, all these other treasure hunters doing the same thing, that it is something that's going to keep going because it, it doesn't seem like it right now. I know the way the world looks like right now, we're we're on the losing end, but I don't think we are. I think we got a lot of kids coming up, and to me, anybody under fifty is a kid. Okay, so. You have a lot of kids that are that are coming up and getting into this stuff, being outside, getting away wow. from the the, uh, the the internet and stuff. I think we have more of those than, than those that sit in the house all day. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what I want to believe, anyways. Yeah. So we continue to push that. I think you know. I'm just going to make a com couple of comments here. I think that. For me, even though I didn't really start seriously metal detecting until about 12 years ago, I was interested in Mel Fisher and what he was doing mm -hmm. when I was in high school. Right. And I don't know that a lot of people around me were, but I was. And what I noticed is people in this treasure hunting community, it's almost, it's either in your DNA or it's not. Um, and if you're interested and you plant that seed in a kid who has that, I think once you plant that seed, it'll be in them for the rest of their lives. And I think that, you know, that's right. part of what our responsibility is to introduce it to the younger generation and the ones that it's part of their DNA, they're going to grab a hold of it and they're going to run with it. And the other thing I wanted to mention was, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't mention you know, the people that came before us, because in a lot of this research was done by, old, you know, people who have been doing it for even longer. And what, what really bothers me probably more than anything else is the lost knowledge that goes when those people pass. And, you know, Tim, Tim's mentor, Steve Schaefer, you know, passed a year or so ago and was treasure hunting for much longer but with all the research that he did and fortunately passed it down to tim but we we just over the last few years we've lost some really uh knowledgeable treasure hunting folks who have a lot of, who had a lot of information in their libraries and stuff and it bothers me 
where's all that information going to? Who's who yeah. is that? Is that going into some archive somewhere that nobody's going to see? But yeah, we you know we do have to give them their just due because they paved the way for us to do what we do. Exactly right. Well, you know that's that's. That's one of the things, that's one of the reasons that I like uh, Terry Carter. I was just going to bring up Terry. Terry Carter. Yeah, Terry, he's an awesome dude. He goes around and he films these old timers and gets their stories so that he can continue to to uh, tell these stories on video. So that's one of the things I like about what Terry does. Yeah, I don't know if you yeah. know who he is. Oh, yeah, yeah we, Terry's we a good guy. Todd, Todd actually knows Terry Carter very well. I talk to him probably once every two to three months. We just kind of yeah. talk and check on each other and stuff like that. Todd actually has been out with Terry Carter many times. That's where Todd's background come from. If you look at yeah. what Terry Carter is doing, Todd was a part of that generation that, you know, everybody that uh, Terry Carter and the people that he's filming, that's where Todd came from. So he came with a lot of experience. Are you cool. saying I'm old? <laughs> yeah. If I say you're old, the problem is that within like what 10, 12 years, I'm gonna be old and I don't want to admit that. <laughs> it's funny you're talking about Terry. Terry was working in Florida here and uh we hooked up and I took him down to the treasure hunters uh seminar and introduced him to the Fisher family and all the and so Terry took the time while he was here to interview all the treasure hunters that were going out in the boats and interviewing the, the fish, Taffy Fisher and, you know, his family, uh, her family. Right. You know, I, I saw his video of the interview with her and her husband. Right. Yeah. So we, you know, so we uh, had that uh, opportunity to meet spend time together, but yeah, though I'm glad he's documenting all those because a lot of that will be lost if it wasn't. Right, if it weren't for him doing that, absolutely. You know, uh, yeah, it's it's, and that's you know that's one of the things that when we talk to uh, people that do YouTube, uh, Melody Tactress, any of these people, well, the thing I think I even mentioned it to Timothy when he was on last time, the, to show the reclamation, to show. The cleanup to show that uh, that we don't destroy everything or anything. Right. Actually, yeah. you know, clean everything up. <clears throat> so we, you know, we push that quite a bit. And a lot of times we do try and preserve the providence of something. Also, right. yeah. that if you don't mind me, I want to add to that. Your guys are exactly right. This team's always talking about preserving, protecting. I've even gone as far years ago working with the government, state officials to try to protect things. There is one thing that I believe, and I see a little bit of a hole in this one. So everybody who's listening or will listen to this, I, I do want to kind of get preachy for a second. All of us who have this knowledge and experience and are inspired to make videos and write blogs and stuff like that. Even though we all want likes and shares, cause that's kind of the purpose of doing it. Don't forget. And this is something that we're hoping. I talked to KG and ringy and gypsy. I talked to them about this uh, subject all the time and they agree. This is why we decided to do season one together. We all need to start working together. Yeah. Right. Okay, fine. One one Facebook group might have a bigger following and you know, yeah, that that it, 
we got to stop the jealousy and we got to stop all these other things and realize that we're all part of a treasure hunting community and something that you know and something that Sean knows and something that Mark knows, we can end up becoming a very strong community. And we're not just fighting just ourselves or fighting over likes or fighting over shares right now. We're also fighting the laws and the government that is right. covering up oh, the, yeah, absolutely. the antiquities law has not been changed in how many years now? And we have a lot of very educated, experienced historian and treasure hunters out there that can really bring a lot of history to the table so again i didn't mean to get a little bit preachy i do talk about it a little bit in the book and i'm writing a lot of blogs about these laws right now to where we need to stop fighting and and when i mean that that i don't think we're purposely doing it but we're all trying to funnel in this information to our brand our our, our, our group but if we start working together, we'll realize as a whole that there are bigger enemies out there and that if we get together, we can start changing laws and stuff like that. And that's that's something that I would like to do. That is my goal uh, before I pass away is to start changing things for that next generation of treasure hunters, the younger kids. So well, I, think, I think that's uh, what when the treasure hunters can work with the anthropologists and those people the archaeologists that's what i'm thinking of when they can work with the yeah when they can go out there and find the treasures and the archaeologists don't get all pissed off because oh you shouldn't have touched that you know well we found it for you come on you know (laughs) on a lighter note somebody wrote in the chat has there maybe tim or sean or one of you guys can answer this has there ever been any G-men in black suits ask you any questions? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, the way I would say it is, look, I wish they would. So the answer for me is no. I wish they would, because if they did, I knew that I would be moving in the right direction. Yeah, right over I, the target. <laughs> I have not, but I can tell you that I know people since I've been alive that have gone to federal prison or are in federal prison right now because of some of the things that they did. And these aren't bad people. In fact, some of them are very stubborn sitting in federal federal prison right now, purposely not telling the government where they put the artifacts and things that they found because they strongly feel like that the government is using the these laws for their own personal gain. And let me explain why real quick. I'll just say it out right now. 90% of the of the discoveries that you read about in National Geographic that you hear from these archaeologists and anthropologists, 90% of these discoveries are made by people like Mark, Sean, Todd, me, right. you guys. Absolutely. We find them and then we do what the law says and we do what we think is morally right. We let the officials know what we found. They go out there, they cut the treasure hunter off. There is no fine or fee. They even get in trouble if they start talking about it. They go out there, they pull what they want and then they cover it up and then it's it's gone forever. In fact, they'll deny it even existed. Right. Oh no, that never that that part of gold never existed. Those giants never lived. Right. You know. Yep. But you know, trust the government. Yep. 
So we got a bigger fight out there. But anyways, we really hope right. everybody enjoys the show. Um, if you haven't seen it, please go watch it. You know, you can watch it on your TV. You can watch it on your phone, on your tablet, on your computer. Go watch it. Give us a little bit of love and support. And uh, we'll continue doing it. And I can tell you right now, we do have Gypsy coming up. And we definitely have some twists coming up in just uh, season one itself. And we start off looking like we're going this way and we're studying these kind of things. And then we take it for a whole new turn. And you're going to see that these that all of us are growing. Chooch as the cameraman, Sean as, you know, the way he is, his shenanigans are starting to come out stronger and stronger every episode. Todd's humor, you look at him right now, he looks serious. Look at him. I mean, he's, yeah, see? But he's actually a very <laughs> funny guy. Mark, if people don't know who Mark is, he's the most likable kindest guy you'll ever meet and same with antonio antonio is a great guy so um watch and and grow with us because you'll see that we're growing as we go and we want you guys to be there and see that so yeah so if you guys watch the youtube videos and you like the content and what they're doing go ahead and pre-order that book of his uh it's it's available for pre-order right now, right? Yeah, the Kindle, Kindle edition is available right now on the okay. tip, the paperback and the ebook edition will be available on that link. They'll all be added to that link. So if you cool. have a Kindle, you can buy it, pre-order it. It's on sale right now. What the publisher wants to do again, I'm only telling the treasure hunter community about the pre-order of this book. I haven't told anybody else. I'm not out there, you know, posting it everywhere. It's just for these podcasts. We got several podcasts coming up this month. It's for the audience. You can go get it for a steal right now. You're almost stealing that book from me at that price on the Kindle edition. Um, Cause we want to hear back from you guys, right. what you guys think about it. Yeah, the actual printed book, though, Tim, is coming out on January 31st, right? Yeah, now that's when you'll, that's when the Kindle edition will be available, and that's when the book will, will be ready to ship. But right. on the 10th, there will be a pre-order now for the book, the hard copy, the, the digital, and the Kindle. Right. Yeah. Cool. So, cool. Like, sounds like it's going to be fun. Now, I'm not, I'll be honest with you, I haven't watched your videos yet on YouTube, what? but I will. What? Hey, I've gotten, I fell into a different rabbit hole. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I understand how that is. You yeah. Know, that's, that's why this team wanted to show up today, because the more, the more we talk, the more you see how we work together, you know, um, we just want more people to watch it. And, and you don't have to like it and it, for the reason, if you're going to like it, if you're going to share, if you're going to comment, if you're going to say something to our sponsors, do it in the way of support for the community, because I can right. guarantee you our sponsors are looking at what type of audience we're building and where we're going, because our sponsors are the ones that are helping us financially. And they, th these sponsors really care about this community. I can tell you right now, Garrett Melitector cares about every single one of you guys and not from a customer point of view. They're not trying to figure out how many, you know, customers can become. Mark Garrett suggesting he. Yeah, they they actually really care. And if you know Steve Moore or anybody else from Garrett, you'll see that Garrett really cares and they will be willing to help us even more than what they have 
and make the show even better if they hear from every one of you that you've seen it and that you like it. By the way, if you have any gold prospectors <laughs> out there, um, I've tested the Axiom, uh, the new Axiom, Garrett Axiom uh, gold machine twice now uh, and also once in Alaska. So anybody who wants to reach out, I'll be more than happy to share my thoughts on the Axiom uh, metal detector. So uh, our buddy, where did I see it? Oh, Ohio Relic Hunter says, I want to reach into my pewter screen and put a curve in Tim's hat bill. <laughs> straight across. They got the you know, the only reason why, guys, to be honest with you, if you look at my pictures on social media, even two years ago, I weren't, I wasn't wearing these glasses. I weren't, I didn't have glasses at all. And you can't see it. But writing three books in the last six months, and that's how long it's been, I have bifocals. They're hidden. They're a progressive bifocal. So I because, might. What yeah, happens with age, Tim? Right. Uh, because of bigger glasses. <laughs> He's waving it on the writing of a book. Yeah. I got bifocals. yeah. Okay, fine. I'm getting older. But anyway, <laughs> the glasses fit better with the flat brim. I know it sounds kind of weird, but, but again. Yeah, that's kind of weird, Tim. What? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's really weird. That's even weirder. Um, by the way, uh, Ohio Relic Hunter uh, Bill is a really good friend of mine. I, I got to tell you, I'm going to give him a shout out. He's one of the most knowledgeable metal detectorists I know. I mean, hey, the guy knows. Bill's been a little been bit a about great, yeah, Bill's just, been a great help on this on our chat room because he'll answer questions and uh, people ask questions. He'll answer them. He's yeah, very knowledgeable. Bill's been a solid member of our family here for years, Mark. Solid, great guy. Yeah, would love to get down to his neck of the wood and go metal detecting sometime. Ah, uh, thanks, Mark. I'm blushing. Oh, I <laughs> don't believe it, Bill. <laughs> ask him. Ask him sometime about the time he left me out in the woods. On the way back. <laughs> Boy, he's a good guy. Bill yeah. Hayes and Bill Marsh left you in the woods. Oh, just Bill Marsh. <laughs> what a guy! But then, then he'll, I'll, he'll tell you. Well, Mark was only a hundred feet away from the road, so <laughs> he can't find his way back, and he's in trouble. It was 10 feet from the main road, Mark. Oh, it was a turn <laughs> my, uh, Timothy, my wife wants to know if we pre-ordered, do we get an autographed copy? You know what? It's, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm planning, yes, I'll autograph anybody's book. Here's the problem. that The publisher is going to be sending them to the Amazon warehouse and then Amazon just distributes them but um we do have some plans that mark's working with me on that to get some autographs but i'll tell you this you buy the book um i'm planning on traveling i i would love to go out to the garrett um show that's coming out i would like to go to these other shows you buy the book keep it and i'll sign it for you when i meet you in person if i can I will do it, you know, um, in another way. And like I said, me and Mark are coming up with some ideas to get people some signed copies. Uh, don't, don't forget in Ohio, uh, Labor Day weekend is um, 
gold rush days in, in Ohio for the GPA Buckeye chapter. So that's a date you can look at. Everybody and, look up for Mark, because I know, Mark, you go to a lot of these shows, and I know you can't go to every one of them, but if you don't look out for Mark or if you don't know that, look out for him, because there's a good chance he's going to be at a lot of these shows. Well, there's not going to be any GPAA shows this, uh, for 2023. Those have all been oh, canceled. Wow. Huh. Yeah, so it's going to be up to the local clubs and stuff to put out shows. Uh, and over on the East Coast, like I said, uh, Labor Day weekend, uh, Buckeye chapter, the GPAA does uh, Gold Rush Days. We have a lot of vendors and stuff. Don't know if Garrett's going to be there. Uh, but, you know, there's one time and place. <laughs> and, and we will be there. Well, we are committed to go to the Garrett event. You know, theirs is every two years now, and it's going to be in uh, uh, Canton, Texas in uh, April, beginning of April. And uh, so we'll definitely be there for that event. And that's that's probably one of my favorite ones. And it's the yeah. Charles Garrett Memorial Hunt. Of course, Eleanor, his wife, passed away last year. Uh so that that's a big loss, but uh, they are going to have a really nice, well planned hunt this year, and we'll plan to be there as well. Awesome. I've heard nothing but great things about the memorial hunt, Mark. Great it's a good thing. one. It's one of my favorites. Sean and who? Oh, Todd, you didn't go with us last year, Mark. No, I didn't go. Oh, darn, Todd. We'll see if we can try to go out this time. Sean was there with us, and that was a lot of fun. Antonio was, too, and then we met Mark there. So, yeah. All right. Well, hey, it's been a blast. Thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah, thanks oh, for having yeah. us on, guys. Hey, no, thanks for being here. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. You know, thanks for being here. Learned a few things. Uh, you got to push your product out, and that's great. That's what we're about. We appreciate it. And if there's anything we can do for you guys, just so you know, we'll share this uh, podcast with our people and stuff. And again, uh, everybody work together, share each other's content. And uh, I think right. this community will be a better place. Yeah, we definitely uh, agree with you there. Yep. That's close. Really yeah, you guys stick around after the show. Oh, if okay. you have a minute. Yeah, if you can. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Carrie, Carrie, Carrie Curry says, Ed, bring what? him back again. Uh, <laughs> we have a couple of times. Yeah, that's her <laughs> first rodeo. Uh, and and if Timothy and the crew will come back, we'd love to have them on again sometime in the future. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank all of you. Now, if I yes, could absolutely. find my webcam, see was back up um, there. Yeah. Well, we we still have four minutes left. <laughs> it take you that long to say goodbye. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> Timothy, good seeing you again. Mark, I've been wanting you to be a guest on this show just by yourself. Um, in the future my facebook's kind of messed up and we are we were on each other's friends list maybe i could talk you into joining us sometime uh sean keep up the great work with your videography 
Thank you. Todd, may you always have a flash in your pan, my friend. Uh, Judge, you talk too much, man. <laughs> I definitely yeah, out in the field. I definitely do. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's our Ed. He's our Dano. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> right on. Uh, everybody, thank you for joining me uh, us tonight. Um, sorry about the two cancellations this month, but you know what was going on. Next week, we have Sergeant Whitey on. He's a metal detectorist. Um, and it should be a really good show. And I have a surprise. There will be no Open Line Tuesday this month. We have Dan Hurd joining us um, from British Columbia before he hits the road. Um, on the 31st i'm not gonna tell you the rest of the month's lineup but you could see it check it out on my page because they're all listed um so until next week may you always have a flash in your pen you know what he's gonna say next that's right hey david maybe one day too we hope to meet you anywhere on the river in the fields. Oh, shoot, in Menards or the Diamond, Crater of Diamonds. Who knows? Anywhere. But we look forward to meeting you someday. Have a great night, everybody. God bless you. Thanks for joining us tonight. Take care. On that note, we're out of here. That's for now. Thank you, Robert. David, Paul, thanks for taking the Bill. time out, Bob. Mr. Lodak, the world's greatest moderator. Thank you so much. Always. Five, four, Campsite, eight, two, thank you. One. Bill Marsh, thank you. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>